and gentlemen, this is This is The Real Mission Impossible Show With your host, Lucien Are you ready? We search the globe for the most amazing people who have overcome incredible obstacles Demonstrated amazing resilience, done the impossible I said, are you ready? Join, Join the Real Coach and Jay on the Real Mission Impossible show. Meeting legends from Dubai, South Africa, Nairobi, New York, London, wherever they are to make it possible for the Real I Impossible with Coach MJ. The Real Mission Impossible show starts in... Let's count down together! 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Boom! I would just like to take pleasure in officially welcoming Dr. Erica Miller to the show Mission Impossible. Dr. Miller has an incredibly fascinating story. Her background is second to none of the things that she's had to overcome and endure. It's truly, uh, she's probably the epitome of what possibilities can be. Dr. Miller, thank you so much for coming on the show. All right, I'm with you and I'm very excited. Mission Impossible is exactly what I have in one of my books. Don't tell me I can't do it. Live audaciously in the here and now. And you know what? That's all we got. The here and now, we learn from the past, the future hopefully will be, but we have to be in the present, in the process of evolving forever. Do you hear me, audience? Well, I certainly do. And on their behalf, we say chapeau, hats off, respect. Just for our audience to catch them up to your incredible story. You were born in Romania, actually. Was, Was it a free country then, independent? Yeah, it was kind of one of those border uh, countries. It was Austria-Romania when my parents were born. Therefore, my mother tongue is German. And then Romania, then Hungary, Romania. Now, by the way, it's Ukraine. Because under the Nazi, I was seven years young, very young. Uh, When the Nazis came into Romania and as part of the Jewish group, we were herded to concentration camp in Ukraine, in Mogilev. And I was there four years, uh, from seven to 11. So I am so wonderfully detached because unimaginable, as a little kid like me, what I witnessed, atrocities. But again, but my point is I am who I am because of it, in spite of it. Don't tell me because I'm Jewish, I have to die. Don't tell me because I'm a girl, I cannot climb trees with the boys. Don't tell me I cannot be married and have kids and a profession. Don't tell me. I've always been outside the box. And I am called Dynamo. I am whatever. So yeah, so yeah. And then we came back. The Russians liberated us. So I was uh, 11. The first time I went to school in fifth grade. And then we came back. Our house was taken by the Russians. Big, big story. From trauma to triumph, read me if you care to. And then we went and we lived about a year in Transylvania. And actually, there is a Dracula's castle there. My darling daughter wanted to see where I am coming from. And I said, who wants to go back? Let him go to hell. Why would I go back there? But I'm so glad I go with the flow. And we actually went into Dracula's castle. And my home is like Dracula's castle. All my ceilings, all my... My, my, it's textured. So my point being is, uh, after the war, and then we could get out, went to Israel as immigrants. I'm uh, 15 years old. I went to the Israeli, fir- Israeli Air Force. After I went to high school at night, I two, three jobs during the day. Ta-ra, ra, 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 ra. And destiny had it. I was an old maid of 24. 
and I was very not normal. I'm still not normal. I did not need a husband. I did not need any kids. I have to be independent. You never know. You never can rely on anybody. They're speaking because they die on you. They divorce you. But destiny had it, and I went with it. Came to visit my sister. She was here, and I met. That my husband to be. I was married for 53 good years, and then he died on me eight years ago. So we have an amazing kind of story and all that kind of thing. Dr. Erica, if I may, can we back up、uh, just a little bit because you'd grown up in Romania, and unfortunately, your your family was taken by the Nazis. You were put into a concentration camp in Ukraine, which is not just a mouthful. That that's that's an incredibly Mortally frightening situation to have. What what did they have you doing there? Do, couldn't you share? Oh, I can share anything. Really interesting. We are speaking about overcoming, about resilience, about trauma.、Uh, four years is a long time. I don't remember faces. I just remember. I remember、uh, like flashes. That's why I made a good psychologist. I'm wonderfully detached. I've seen it all. My sister was five years old. That was beaten down all her life. But to me, I am fearless. Not mess with me, California. You heard me saying that. Not yet. So I don't know. I just know when it was.、Uh, you know, we were initiated. My father, mother, my sister, and me. We kind of were hoarded. We ended up in a little tiny room with a little window. And the curious little seven-year-old I was, I was looking outside the window. So I have an image of all those dead bodies. They were picked up every morning, and just think about it. And me, even then, detached, saying, "Eh, maybe I will be dead tomorrow, but I don't want to die so ugly. I want to pose. Just before I die, I want to pose. Guess what? I'm still posing. I want to look the best forever, and I'm going to live till 123. Do you hear me?" Ask me how come 123. Well, why 123? He asked. All right, all right. There was again. I never thought I would live, you know, again to 20, 30, 50, whatever. And I researched what can I do to keep on my life as long as is possible with all my challenges in life. Life is an amazing journey. So I came up on this woman that was in France. Shirley Bonet or something—it's in my gifted, you know, the chronologically gifted. She lived 122 in 64 days. So I decided, if she lived 122 in 64 days, I can live 123. And if tomorrow I'm dead, so be it. No regrets. I want to be in the book of Guinness, whatever. Okay. So going back to the camp, that was that impression of that kind of having no voice, no power. Uh, because my mother, again, I wanted when we got there in the train, and when we overheard it, they beat my father. It was mayhem. I wanted to go and help him. I was just incensed. Keep on asking questions. What's going on there? And I could not talk. My mother had her hand over my face, so I don't give away. So I'm not shot as well. And now I have a voice that does not stop. I am power. I speak so loud. So when I speak so loud, my daughter says, "Mother, you're screaming." I said, "No, I'm just. I just have emotions." So yeah, looking at the dead bodies, I think kids. I mean, four years is a long time, and I do not, and I do not remember faces, but I remember playing, jumping over, jumping over dead bodies. I remember having a little bit food. 
the kindness of people, the brutality of people. So when I lecture all over the place, I'm an international bestseller, crazy man. I cannot believe me, my little tiny belly five foot. When they ask me, how do you feel about Germans? I say, how do I feel about Jews? There's some good ones and some not good ones. You cannot blame the kids for the sins of the fathers. And I had a relationship with the Nazi guard. I remember my mother said, make sure you do not go there to the guard. I was always a curious little kid. I never listened to my mama. So guess what? I was sneaking down. All right, so you were sneaking down to see the guard that your mother said, hey, hey don't go down there. That's the big bad wolf. And then right. Guess what? So here I snuck and suddenly he turned around, grabbed me with his mean face, and he says, what are you doing here? And I kind of said, okay, I didn't listen to mama. He's going to shoot me. And then he said, what's your name? And I said, Erica, and in a heartbeat, so help me. I don't lie, I have no reason to, but those are imprinted memories. He turned around and not, never mind tearful, but again, his face softened and he mumbled. I said, at home, I have a little girl. Her name is Erica because Erica is a German name. And in a heartbeat, again, it's a second. His face started to be the big bad wolf again. He pushed me down and said, this is not a place for a little girl. Go back to your mother. And I just got up hardly and then I looked at him and he take out a piece of a candy and I threw me a candy. Okay, the brutality of people and kindness of people. And my, my recollection, and then I don't remember anything, my recollection was I grabbed the chocolate and from there to where we were, this little hut, there was, you know, 100 feet, 10 feet, what do I know? I knew I could not tell my mother, I could not share my candy bar. Food was something absolutely out of the ordinary. We were all like this. I could not share the candy bar with my mother and my sister because then I would be in, in trouble. So I gobbled it all up by myself. And then it became like almost like a love affair. Excuse the word love. I used to sneak. He used to look at me, send me a candy bar, and here it was for a while. So my point being is, it's the kindness of people that touches me and I am kind to strangers. I go to a restaurant, wherever it is, I ask people their names. Uh, they're not servants. People on the elevator going to the doctor's office. Hey, it's a great day today, isn't it? My mission is life, in life is to uplift, to empower. It is possible. We can do it. Because again, innately, we are wired to be good. And there's all kind of research lately that little babies with puppets, but the ones that fight each other, they are going to pick the kind puppet, even those little babies that cannot even sit straight. So my point being, life is an amazing journey, not overcoming, but becoming part of our wrinkles. I'm trying to cover them up, don't look at them up. You know, but part of our resilience, because uh, I don't know, maybe they're microbes under the water. They are resilient because they live forever. But again, we are not dinosaurs. So all the epidemic, all the tragedies, all the wars, whatever happened in the Israeli Air Force, when I all this kind of thing, this shall also pass. If you're lucky enough to have gift of life, we have to be grateful. So when I say life takes guts, grit and gusto, guts takes courage, grit, perseverance in order to get where you got to be a coach, and gusto, be grateful for the moment. 
Life doesn't owe you nothing. It's amazing you're still here. But you're using your presence, like I'm seeing you using me, to empower, to inspire. Because out there, there's so much tragedy, so much uncertainty. So they need a voice like yours and mine. Cut. Amen. Hallelujah. Dr. Erica Miller. Amen. So tell me, when you were 24 in Israel, you'd already endured this incredible trauma as a young girl. Somehow you made it into Israel. It's a newly formed country, 1949. Nine, one year after it became a state. Okay. And then you're a student, and then you also joined the Air Force. Right. I was 15 when I got there. So I went to high school, night, night school. Learning was not the order of the day. They could not stop me because I needed wisdom. The girls and the boys, when you're 17 and a half, you have to enroll unless you lie and you say you're orthodox or you get married. To me, I thought it was, they, they can't, they needed me. So I would not lie and I would not get married. So I'm the only one for my little girlfriends that I went into the, the army and I wanted the Israeli Air Force because they had blue suits and the pilots were gorgeous. As a psychologist, so you, you went out and you got your PhD later on. But as a psychologist, looking back, would you say that somehow you were repressing memories, you were compartmentalizing? How were you coping from a psychological point of view? You know, there is a word that we use in psychology and otherwise Google it, whoever wants to. Detachment. That is a defense mechanism that very early in life, somehow, I was so lucky to be able to emulate it. For example, in the cattle train, to just go there to nowhere. We didn't know where they're going to take us. So they stopped at stations and the Germans came in and they were hitting and whatever. And they were, I was hiding in the back there. So I did not know what to do. People were crying. So I remember listening to the noise of the train. And I was singing to myself, dirty Jews, dirty Jews. So I was detaching myself from the horrors and I was singing to myself. So again, that was true wherever, even to the day. And I'm not an easy mother to have. My daughter's an old woman already, I mean, whatever. It's like, hey, unless you're dying, we shall be okay. Detach yourself. Everything is not a big drama. How lucky am I to have two kids, five grandkids, and again, and I did not even bargain of it. So my point being is gift of life. The refrain of my song is give me life and we will figure it out. Embrace it all. And I'm not in La La Land. I get a stomach ache and I get my daughter and we have the same business. It doesn't matter. It is just appreciation of being here in life and you're going to freak when I tell you something. I want to live till 123, but I know better. I am a control freak for myself, but I surrender to destiny. No regrets. I already have a coffin. Do you hear me? I have a custom-made coffin in my bedroom, in the, in, you know, in the, in the bottom of the bed. I had an artist paint me in a white dress, which I have a white dress in like this and being i'm going to have a party this is not a good time because people are freaking about death having a celebration of life because death gives meaning to life and i am it's not when it's not if it is when so i have a statement to make so my point is 
that I am a force to contend with. I could drive you nuts if you would have another two hours because anything you ask me, my life experience, I have been outside the box and there's no such thing as failure. All your audience, listen to my accent and voice. There is no such thing as failure. That's what I learned in Israel. Something doesn't work out. One door closes, another opens up. How exciting it is an adventure. It's an amazing journey. And it's like, again, fear of what? The worst would be even we die. And I'm not dead yet, and I miss myself already. I want to walk in space. I went up to Mount Everest two years ago. Of, you know, with the young, 17,000 feet. I jumped out of a plane with my granddaughter in Auckland, New Zealand. I plan to I plan to go to Kilimanjaro. I like the name. You know, maybe as soon as that is over. My point being is embrace, rejoice life because it's not forever. And if what what does it take in my in my last book, gifted, you know, living long and well, not just living long. Yeah, there are all those things that we all know. Take good care of yourself physically, you know, vigor. You know, I've been for 40 years, I'm exercising with weights and running and this and that. Eat well, I'm balanced, I'm really good, I'm pescatarian. Be part of a community, there's something more than you. Faith is a wonderful thing if you have it. I struggle with God. I don't know, I don't know and I don't deal with it, but I know there is more than meets the eye and I'm not Einstein. He knew, he was agnostic at best, but he knew there's something amazing, the interconnectedness. We have the same DNA, like city flies, are you kidding me? They're using pigs in order to research our brain. So again, life is an amazing journey and I don't know why I'm here and I'm not that like all those ugly dead people, but I will never know and I don't care. I'm just here talking to you, Coach Colony. <laughs> you come at full force, you're like, a, you're like the next rocket of Elon Musk. You're burning through all of the doom and gloom right now. And there's a lot of it, uh, Dr. Erica. There's a lot of doom and gloom. People wake up with uncertainty. They wake up unsure about their jobs for the future. And they wake up not knowing what to be able to count on because everything changed and their whole world got changed around them. However, looking at your example, all they need to do is to understand that they will get through it. Is that right? This shall also pass. We don't get to pick, you know what? It's not forever as long as we survive. So let's not be stupid. I wear a mask when I go when I go to the market. I don't wear a mask when I go to a friend's house. So we are speaking about it's normal in our part of DNA to survive, fight or flight. But now we need to stay still and to do our part. The rest is destiny. It's not going to be forever. Remember, epidemics come, go, worse, but you're here. So it's hard to be optimistic when you uh, are losing a job, when, you, when your family dies. It's horrible. Drama and trauma and losses are horrendous. But again, we are resilient. Do, the do what you can do, not what you cannot do. So it's again, it's it's like, and you shall be okay, the best you can right now. But look, have visions in your in your darkness of, of the freaking, because stress shortens life. It inflames our arteries. So it's like again, you cannot not be upset, or some even more than others. But talk to yourself. Be your nurturing per parent. Okay, 
what can I do? I cannot control this. I cannot do this. What can I do? And I beg of you, have a vision. When it's going to be, it's already a little bit better. At least you can go out to, I don't know, walk on the summers. But again, what would you like to do when it's a little bit over? Or right now, how creative can you be to start a little bit now? Reach out, look at the Zoom. Who knew about Zoom or FaceTime or the Skype? I mean, again, keep connected to your church, to your center, to your family. Call whatever, because again, you need a human contact. I am a hugger. If you would be next door to me, Coach Colin, I know it's not appropriate or whatever, I don't know you. I would ask for a hug. I'd like to hug. Guess what? People are scared. The only one I get a hug, my son, the very dude, my son. Every Sunday he's come to be with his mother during the cerebral times because whatever. So I get a hug. Again, don't know what you cannot do, but you must know. I'm telling you, I don't lie to you and I'm not a psychic either. This portion of your life is just a chapter that you are experiencing. You don't have to like it, who does? But again, it's moving forward and you are in it and your choices your thoughts, your positive in spite of the negativity, you can build it. When it comes when it comes from your in your mind, oh my gosh, uh, what if whatever, then you can calm yourself down. Okay, here I go again. Boring. Nothing I can do about Trump. Forgive me, Trump. Nothing I could do this or that. What can I do meantime so I can survive this chapter, this moment in my life? And I will be okay. I know it, I will it. I hear Dr. Miller saying so, and I believe her. I believe her. My goodness, Dr. Erica Miller, you are a force of nature. I am, and again, now that you have a sample of me again, because things will be eventually, when I'm, this is good, are you kidding me? I like to interact with you, but being on stage in front of 300 people, 400 people, 10 people, 11 people, People line up, and I'm not going to brag, I just share. I like the energy, I like the question, I interacting. So keep me in mind, so when things change, I don't know anything about you, where you do, what you do, but if you ever have an audience, whether you're in Florida, whether you're in Cucamonga, whether you're in Hawaii, or maybe in Paris, I don't care. I'm going to come and be on stage with you. I like it, and I, I think you're gonna find out that we're crossing paths with a few people that we already know, and, and it's only simply because of this this slowdown, which has given us all the, the opportunity to step off of the, of the merry-go-round, I call it, where we were all dizzy getting lost in what life was all about. And we're finding that we value so many different things and we were taking so many things for granted. You know what, again, you know, my grandkids, even my kids, they have one foot in the old country. They were born here. But again, it's like they have not known. It's interesting. I just wrote an article. Don't ask me the name. It's not ARP, another aging magazine or something. And how do the older people, I did not know that I'm the silent generation. They're millennials, they're boomers, whatever. But I am called 80 over. I'm a silent. I'm not silent, as you can see. We, the silent generation, physically, perhaps many have conditions, but psychologically, they fared the best because they've been there before. Whether it was the first world, the second, Vietnam, whatever. The worst off are my grandson. He's 16, the youngin. The really young ones. Oh my gosh, don't touch Bobby. They call me old lady, Babushka. Be make be careful. Ta -ta, ta -ta, ta -ta. They worry because they have not been 45. They've not been, you know, again, they have not experienced. I don't mean spoiled. They've been sheltered. 
I don't know if it's not up to me. I don't know if you have any kids, grandkids, whatever it is. They've been so sheltered. Same category. Absolutely. I agree. So again, this shall also pass. You can ask me more if you have the time or you can hang up on me. You're in charge. Well, what we really like to know is that how would you, how would you, as, as a coach, how would you coach someone who's really feeling like they've kind of lost control and they're preoccupied, Dr. Erica, with worry. What is what is worry and what does it do to a person? That's pretty easy. There's reason to worry. I mean, again, we are in very unusual situations, okay? And this is, we have not bargained for it, but part of our DNA, our forefathers, our ancestors, they built in them fight or flight based on the fear that another tribe will take them over or the bear will come and eat them up. So our reaction is worry. What are we going to do? Because it's all about survival. So it makes sense that somebody is kind of, you know, thrown by a loop. What's going on here? But again, what I said before, it is what it is and saying, all right, the bear is not coming next door. The other tribes will take us over. Worrying shortens life. It's stress, inflammation. It's like, if you love yourself, you know, but you're normal. People worry. We like predictability. We like to control. You are out of control. Why would you like it? I don't like it. But again, knowing it's temporarily, you cannot not, you. it's not like you, you ever get over trauma or anything, ever get, but again, it is like, okay, it's temporarily worrying. It's like, what if, what if shortens my life? And again, why bother worrying? Because if you want to be alive, you shorten your life and, and, and you don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. Poor you. I feel bad for you. I feel bad for me too. I had to schedule in November. I was supposed to go to Israel. In December, the whole family tribe, I call my tribe, we were already listed and we have to get money back some to in South Africa. I don't like it. I like to plan in November. So people that are stuck in the worry, it is normal. Embrace yourself. But again, it's not good for you. Love yourself then you are not doing yourself a favor because it shortens life. So calming yourself down, make believe that you are your nurturing parent that you never maybe had. You will be okay, okay, but again, other tribe, you're not your ancestor, you're building, it's automatic. It's like when you're hungry, you see food, you salivate. So it's normal for you, this un uncharted territory, but you know better and you're not a dinosaur, you will survive. So again, calming yourself down because nobody can do it for you. It's internally. And guess what? The plasticity of the brain is such, if you give yourself new masses, new order, it can adjust accordingly. So anytime you can be planning, anytime you say, oh my gosh, <gasps> okay, here I go again, boring. I will be fine. And eventually the brain get it. So you will be less often be sucking your thumb or freaking because all that kind of thing is a reaction to the, to the neighboring answers tribes and to the bear which is not around you. I don't know whether that helped. Well, it sounded to me like you can rewrite the destiny that you wish for and you need to cancel all your pity parties right now. Okay, and it's possible. It's not because you, if you're aware, if you're introspective, if you're motivated, like people that are OCD, obsessed again and again, does he love me? Does he not love me? Ah, boring. Okay, okay. Nothing I can do. What can I do about it? So stop. 
and, and change your thoughts that goes on and on. It's all a matter of degree. Switch to something else. That's a decision. Because again, you can control certain things, but certain things you know you can't. And just be open, be creative. What can you do? Before you can get to a certain place, you have to have a vision. How do you get there? Okay, if that doesn't work, maybe something else works. Then you keep on freaking and whining and being depressed or whatever. Does it get you anywhere? What else can you do to survive temporarily so that you can then have plans what you're going to do after that? And you mentioned visualization. Of course, uh, you have in your PhD in psychology. The neuroscience suggests that we can create visual imagery that will help guide us to the North Star that we're looking for, even if it's not there yet. Absolutely. And guess what? You just said it. I say it differently. Same thing. Without a vision, you will never get there. Before you get any birth, you have to have a vision. You have to imagine it. And the good thing is you don't have to decide anything right now. You can savor the vision. And then what will it take to get there? So when my patient, I used to be long-term. Why are you here? Why are you here now? Where do you want to be in five years from now, whatever? If I hear I want to be the president of the United States, I would say, wonderful. Okay, are you, which party do you belong to? Do you have any party? Are you going to start? How realistic is it? What are you going to do in order to become president of the United States? That's with any kind of vision. So that's so nice. We don't have to jump. We have to kind of think, but visions are essential before we can make things happen or not. And this is a wonderful time to kind of envision, okay, when this is over, maybe I hate the job. Maybe I hate the wife or the husband. Divorces can be a blessing. I don't advocate it. If that is, what do I do in order to that? Fantasize. Take up your time to see what is the best for you. It's all about you. Everybody matters, but you're the most important. You're in charge of yourself. You cannot control others. How are you going to make the vision or will you or what else? So this is a wonderful time to plan and to envision things that you're going to act on or not when you can. So actually we are the CEO of ourself and we have the ability like Steven Spielberg or anyone else or James Cameron to write our own movie the way we want to see it and begin to look and see how what tools we'll need to be able to make that reality happen. You're talking my language. In my blogs, in my website, it's exactly what I'm saying. You are the captain of your boat of life. Navigate, huh? No, whatever. So my, it's all, and it's not impossible. It's not in La La Land, you're, you're so optimistic. It's energy. People are around me, those young people, they want to grow old like me. How seductive is it? You know, but again, they want what I got. I'm a dynamo. I, I am, I am, I am. But my positive take is I'm alive. Life is an amazing journey. Life takes courage. Courage is God's grit and gusto and all that bullshit mantras. And I live it. I don't just walk the walk. I talk the talk or walk the walk. And I actually, again, give people hope. So when I lecture at UT in Austin, Texas, I have a business there. I have a home there too. And when I, whatever, it's like, uh, my father, when I have discussions, when my father wants me to be an engineer, but I want to be an artist. My girlfriend dumped me. Will I ever love again? And me, hey, what are you talking about? Your father had his own choice. He means well for you, but you follow your heart. Do you hear me? Take a chance. And another girlfriend, are you kidding? One door opens, another one closes. You can do it. Do you hear me? People line up to get a hug because I give them hope. I can tell you many of those stories, and I don't brag, I just share. 
I believe you. And, you know, if I was there, we'd be hugging right now. Hey, virtual is better than nothing. You're a nice man. You know, you're open, but mere fact that you're doing what you're doing, you're doing exactly what I do. You're inspiring. You cannot reach everybody, but at least you have a forum. That's why, to me, I want bigger than better audiences because I know better for 40 years. I counseled, you know, whatever, hundreds, who knows. I know many I reach as a team, we change lives. But many, if you're closed off, if you're rigid, we are stuck. You cannot reach anybody. But it does not mean that you're not trying. Your voice matters, so does mine. Wow, and your voice is very inspiring indeed. Dr. Erica Miller, I, I'm going to thank you so much for coming on the show today. I'm definitely going to be sending you an invitation to do something else together with us as a project. You're very inspiring, uh, you're, you're knowledgeable. I would love to spend 14 days on a cruise with people like you in a speaker's forum that we choose in workshops and work with people together. And I think I'm going to invite you to that one also. You knock at my door and I'm going to open it because get anywhere in the world. It's a matter of timing in my calendar to, to it sounds wonderful. I'm game. Great. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you for being you and inspiring all of us. Dr. Erica Miller. Thank you for joining The Real Mission. We welcome you to explore the next real mission on Possible with Coach MJ. Meet ordinary people who have achieved the extraordinary. Like, share, and comment to inspire others today.